This is a 20-minute story. It contains no useful information. It's just a long story about how my coworker did a magic trick, which made me want to learn how to do a magic trick, and how that contributed to my realization that humanity might be doomed as a species. So about two years ago, I started practicing magic. That's another reason that I really don't update my YouTube. Sometimes I'll pick up a new hobby and completely focus on that for a long time. And two years ago, it was magic tricks. Now, at this point, I wouldn't say that I'm great at it. But to give you an idea of how far along I am, let me just say, I own two rubber doves. Didn't expect that one, did ya? You expected me to say that I own a lot of decks of cards, or I own a set of metal cups, or I have some linking rings, but owning a rubber dove that I can hide in my sleeve, that's... Oh boy. I started all this because two years ago, I watched Steve, one of my coworkers, do a card trick during lunch. I don't actually talk to Steve that much. We don't always take lunch at the same time, and he works at the other end of the building. But my coworker, he, he does this card trick, and I had seen the card trick before. I was not fooled by it, but I think it was the first time that I saw a card trick in person done well. Like, really well. I thought about describing the trick, but then I realized that the procedure of the trick wasn't really that important. What really struck me was the feeling that I got from it. When I was a kid, when I was in school, whenever someone did a magic trick, it always felt like the performer was effectively saying, hey, look what I can do, isn't this cool? But that wasn't the feeling I got when I watched my coworker Steve do a card trick. My coworker engaged this whole crowd of people. He made everyone laugh the whole time. And then he focused on me to make me feel like I was the main character of the card trick. I love this style because it never felt like this guy was stealing all the attention during lunch. He did his thing and it turned into an activity that kind of brought everybody together. And I thought that was brilliant. It didn't matter whether we were fooled or not because that wasn't really the point. The point was we were having a good time and then he was trying to give me dating advice afterward. As our lunch break ended and people started to head back to work, Steve said to me, Technical, let me tell you how this trick is done. And I said, aren't magicians supposed to guard their secrets? And he said, sure, but every guy should know at least one magic trick. And I said, yeah, why is that? He says, so you can show it to someone that you're romantically interested in. And when they ask how you did it, you can say, how about I teach it to you over dinner? I stared at him and asked, that works? That worked for you? And he said, worked on my wife. And it didn't end there because at that point, he just wanted to tell me all these stories about how much he loved his wife. By the way, in case you were wondering how Steve feels about his wife, he loves his wife. I didn't even get a chance to tell him that I was still with my girlfriend because he could not stop talking about how amazing his wife was. Anyway, Steve's style of including everyone and bringing people together so that they could all laugh, I thought that was so impressive, it kind of inspired me. Here I was, an adult, at work, amongst other adults, and I suddenly felt the urge to learn more tricks. I know it's an immature, silly kind of a hobby, but I just, I just really got into it. That was two years ago. So I went on YouTube and I learned some tricks. And then I ordered some books and I read them and I learned more tricks. And I was careful. I was careful to only perform these tricks for my family and very close friends because I did not want to be too much like the guitar guy. Now before we go on, if you haven't heard of the guitar guy, let me take a minute to explain. I don't know if this kind of person still exists, but when I was in high school, and even when I was in college, there was this thing called the guitar guy. And the guitar guy is usually a, a boy, a male, that brings his guitar to parties and plays his guitar while he hangs out with people. Um, as a social maneuver, I would count the guitar as a risky move. The guitar guy is sometimes cool. I have no ill will towards the cool guitar guy. If people are inclined to sing along and talk about music, then that's a cool guitar guy. 
but sometimes the guitar guy is very uncool, especially if he just picks love songs and makes creepy eye contact with the girl that you were dating at the time, and then she ends up thinking that he's actually pretty cute, when the truth is that she should have been able to see through a cheap gimmick, and then you end up blaming yourself for not seeing the warning signs of yet another f I just know that I, I would not work well as that kind of guy. If you walk up to someone and say, hi, you want to see a magic trick? That's kind of like having a guitar on you and randomly asking, Hi, would you like to listen to me play my guitar? Both of those openers are really awkward. So when I was learning card tricks, I told myself, Remember, don't be the guitar guy. Or don't be the magic guy. So I, I mostly kept that kind of stuff to myself and my family. It was some months ago, like in December, that I realized that card tricks are also kind of a dangerous hobby. I found this out because I broke my rule. My rule was to only do tricks for family and close friends, but I messed up. I did a magic trick for someone at a family party that was not a close friend. I have this auntie, Auntie Tina, who is a family friend. Not my actual auntie, but we call her Auntie Tina anyway. I was showing one of my little cousins a magic trick. I had just opened a brand new deck of cards, and Auntie Tina just reached in and snatched a card out of the deck, and didn't even ask me if she could do that. When I asked her for the card back, she shoved the card in her pocket and she said, If you tell me what my card is, I'll give it back to you. She thought she was being cute. She's an auntie. She's, she's an auntie. Anyway, I looked at the cards in my hands and I sighed and I shuffled them a little bit and I looked at her and I said, Would you please give me the king of clubs back? And she just squinted at me. What made this moment even more powerful was that she had not even looked at the card before she put it away. It was a mystery even to her. So when she removed the card from her pocket and looked at it, I could see her mind on the verge of exploding. Now at that point, I was pretty proud of myself. I thought we were all going to have a laugh about this. I thought it was going to be a fun moment. But as it turns out, not only did this little moment have a dramatic effect on Auntie Tina, I'm also friends with Auntie Tina on social media. I mentioned that this story was about how humanity might be doomed, and here's a warning, we're getting to the doom and gloom part. It's August now, but since December, Auntie Tina has been sharing articles and tagging me and asking my opinion about them on social media. About a week after that party in December, she shared an article about palm reading, and she wanted to know what I thought about that. She started asking about my horoscope too, and wanted to know if my horoscope ever lined up with anything that I read. So I sent her a message on the social media, and I told her, Auntie, I don't believe in palm reading. I don't believe in horoscopes. I think those things can be fun entertainment, but I don't think they're real. And then she said, okay, okay, so what you do is different. Horoscopes are fake. Got it. And I said, what I do? What are you talking about? She replied, the card thing, where you read my mind. What you do is like a real mental ability, and I shouldn't trust all that other fake stuff. And at that point, I saw that I had made a very, very serious mistake. I wrote, Auntie Tina, the thing with the cards is a card trick. It's just a trick, just for fun. I did not read your mind. I did not use a mental ability. She replied, yeah, you did. When she said that, I decided that I needed to reveal to her how the trick was done. So if you were curious about how I predicted her card, I'm about to spoil it. If you're the kind of person that's into magic tricks and you wanted to stop and take a minute to figure it out, you can go ahead and pause. You can take a second right now to rewind the story if you want to listen to it again, but I'm, a, I'm gonna ruin the magic trick. Okay, I'm continuing right now. Spoilers. Okay, when I did that trick, I was using a brand new deck of cards. I had just opened the pack. And when the cards are new, they're in new deck order. But she hadn't seen me remove the cards from a brand new pack. She just snatched one, and all I had to do was glance at the cards to see which one was missing. So I messaged her, and I said that. Auntie, I wrote, I can't read minds. I don't have mental powers. 
when you took a card out of the deck, the cards were already in order. I just named the card you picked because they were already in sequence. And she messaged me back and said, no, I looked at the cards afterward. They were not in order. You do not have to lie to me. It's okay, she said. I won't tell anyone. Just don't lie to me. I hate that. On the one hand, I despaired. I failed to convince her of the simple truth that card magic is not real. Uh, my Auntie Tina truly believes that she witnessed not just some card trick, but an actual magical event. But on the other hand, it was very touching that Auntie Tina was willing to keep my psychic powers a secret. Honestly, I'm, I'm not even that good of a magician. I just enjoy magic as a hobby. I, I wouldn't call myself great or even good. I just know a magic trick, and I was able to convince a grown adult woman that I have mind powers. It's August at the time of this recording, and last month, Auntie Tina shared with me some photos of these crystals that she bought. She said that these crystals had healing properties that could remove toxins from the body and even fight viruses. She said all this because she's putting the rocks all over her house. They're going to fight any illnesses, so there's no worries about having a huge party, even when our state is trying to get everyone to limit gatherings. So I'm going to say something a little bit mean, and yes, I know that this auntie of mine is not related by blood, but she is an older lady, she is a family friend, and she has been a part of our family since I was a child. All that being said, I'm starting to get a little bit frustrated about all this, and part of me wishes that I didn't have to talk to her anymore. It's tiring to try to teach an adult how to use critical thinking every week, and it's tiring to fail every week because I'm definitely failing. This lady still believes I'm an actual wizard. There's some irony in this if you think about it. I'm a huge dork, and one of my hobbies now is magic tricks, and part of magic is about fooling people. But when a magic trick begins, I like to think that everyone involved in the trick, the performer and the spectators, they all enter into an understanding that what you're about to see is not real. It shouldn't have to be spoken aloud, but once everyone understands that the trick is not real, once everyone understands that the magician is going to try to trick you for fun, everyone can be entertained for a little bit. I think magic can be a lot of fun, and at the same time, I would never, ever try to make someone believe that I had supernatural powers. That thinking actually ruins magic for me. So there's the irony. I have a hobby which is focused on fooling people, and at the same time, I am also obsessed with simple, basic truths. It is very important to me that people use these simple truths before they start applying all kinds of critical thinking. Starting with a simple truth is very important before expanding on an idea. Let's take a different kind of performance. Let's consider music. Let's consider a professional piano player. One of the truths that we have to remember about music is that learning music is not easy. I grant you that there are people that are gifted when it comes to music, but being a professional piano player is still not simple. My logic behind that is that if it were simple to play professional piano, the world would be overrun with piano players. So I think we can start with the idea that piano is fairly difficult. Then, when we encounter a good piano player, we can start asking healthy questions. We can ask questions like, so how long did this person spend learning music? Did this person start when they were little? How many hours does this person practice every day? Do they enjoy the practice or do they hate it? Did they have a teacher? How did this person stay motivated to practice so much? How much work are we talking about here? See, those are the right questions. 
And accepting the simple premise that music is challenging to learn can still give us a sense of wonder and respect and happiness that's still based in reality. In the same way, accepting the simple premise that magic isn't real can give us a sense of wonder and respect and happiness for magic that's still based in reality. I believe it is wrong and disrespectful to ignore those basic truths. So many people will watch some kind of performance or listen to some kind of performance and try to find some reason to write them off. I've heard people say things like, oh yeah, they're good, but that person must be some kind of genius. Oh yeah, they're just gifted. It's easy for them. Oh yeah, they're good, but they're just Asian. Asians are good at things. You know, you know them Asians. And don't you, don't you try to tell me that people don't say that. People say that all the time. Being Asian does not automatically make you good at things. After all, if that were true, I'd be better at a lot of things. As it turns out, that Asian piano player that you saw that one time, that person might have been talented, but that person also put in a crazy amount of work. We should respect that work and not write people off due to luck or talent or race. Remembering simple truths makes the world better. Simple truths can be beautiful. What we're supposed to do with our critical thinking is to start with simple truths and then move forward to develop our questions. But it's hard when people skip that simple truth part. It turns out, People just search for insane ideas without accepting the simple truths. My Auntie Tina won't accept the simple things. She won't accept the simple idea that magic isn't real, so she accepts the idea that I'm a crazy wizard that can do mental stuff. She won't accept the idea that crystals and rocks are... She rejects rocks. She refuses the idea that the rocks she bought are innate, inactive rocks. She's latching onto the insane idea that these rocks will cure viruses at a party she's having at her house, so that's perfectly safe to her. Last week, Auntie Tina sent me a coronavirus conspiracy video. It was a video narrated by a robot that explains that coronavirus isn't actually a virus, but a bacteria, and all you need to cure coronavirus is antibiotics? She, she's a nurse, by the way. Did I, me did I even mention that? I think I forgot to mention that. I'm already too close to the end of the story, and I don't want to re-record everything, so I'm just going to leave it. Anyway, she is. She's a nurse. She is. She's like a registered... So I've been thinking about this for months and months. And the conclusion that I've come to, after much deliberation, is that humanity is... I don't like saying the word doomed, because that sounds so negative. So what if I rephrase my idea and say that the conclusion that I've come to is that humanity, I believe, is... It's in a tough spot. And that is because I have decided that my Auntie Tina is not stupid. She's really not. And I think that's the toughest part about all this to accept. Earlier I said that it was wrong to write people off. I said that it was a disservice to write a musician off as just talented. Because that ignores all the time that the musician has spent and how hard the musician has worked. In the same way, I refuse to write off my Auntie Tina as just stupid. She is not. To write her off as just stupid would mean that we ignore many factors in that situation. I will not ignore that this is a woman that has trained herself, gotten a job, did well at her job because she has a career. She's raised her kids. I will not ignore that she is of a different generation, that she may not understand the wealth of information and misinformation that she has on the internet. I can't ignore that her closest friends and family are of her generation, and that she's constantly influenced by them and not me. I don't want to write people off. She is not just some stupid lady. She is a complicated lady who happens to be wrong a lot. But I am too. I'm wrong so often you could call me Mr. Wrong. That's not true. Well, how long have you been there? You're Mr. Right for me. <laughs>
It infuriates me that my Auntie Tina latches onto misinformation. It infuriates me that she pursues so many false ideas. And yet, I refuse to call her stupid because I actually think she gravitates towards all that misinformation because of hope. And I have no evidence for this. I have never asked her about it because I'm afraid she's not going to be very introspective. I think she probably would just get offended in that old Asian lady way and she would say that I was insulting my elders. So at this point, I'm really guessing. But I think she's trying to be hopeful. The way I see it, when we think of ideas that make us scared, we tend to search for counter ideas that make us feel better. And sometimes the truth really helps us to feel better. For example, when I was a kid, I was afraid of the dark because I was afraid that there were monsters in the dark. I had to tell myself, my eight-year-old self, it's okay, technical. You don't have to be afraid. Monsters aren't real. You don't have to be afraid. There's no monsters in the dark. It's all in your head. Repeating that truth to myself helped me feel better. And sometimes we need help to feel better. So I asked my dad one time while he was tucking me in. I said, Dad, monsters don't live under the bed, right? And he said, of course, there's no monsters under your bed, technical. Monsters aren't real, and they wouldn't live under your bed. What you really have to worry about are axe murderers. Those are real, and they just come in through the window. Good night. Dad was harsh. That messed me up for like three weeks. Anyway, the point I was trying to get at is, there are so many things out there that make us scared, so we're constantly looking for something to help us. And you can't always trust Dad to make you feel better. We, we learn that. As we constantly search for reasons to be hopeful, some of the things that we tell ourselves just aren't realistic. As a kid, I told myself, I'm so awesome, when I grow up, I'm going to be a movie star. I'm going to make a bajillion dollars. Not really realistic. As a teen, I told myself, I'm a genius. I'm going to crush every single one of my college classes. I'm going to make a bajillion dollars. It's not realistic. After college, it was harder for me to find something hopeful to say to myself. Instead of being hopeful, it was more like, oh no, I've messed up. My job doesn't pay as much as I thought, and now I'm going to be in debt for like a bajillion dollars. It's hard to keep telling yourself that it's going to be okay. It's hard to keep hope. So what happens when an old Auntie Tina watches the news and hears about a novel coronavirus that's very contagious, deadlier than the flu, and more dangerous for the elderly? Where does her hope come from? It's important to know the truth and to keep perspective of the truth, but at the same time, the truth doesn't give this old lady hope. So maybe she starts looking on the internet trying to find videos about coronavirus cures. Maybe she starts looking into cool rocks, hoping they keep illnesses away. Maybe she starts trying to believe that her nephew can do real magic so that maybe she's looking for something to believe, something, anything, so that she can be at ease knowing that there's something more out there. As I said before, Auntie Tina isn't stupid, at least not any more than the average person. I, I think she's normal. I think most people are like her, maybe a little bit scared, maybe trying to be hopeful. This isn't the only reason that the world's in a rough place, but I think it is one of the reasons. That there are millions of people out there trying to tell themselves that everything's okay. They're trying their hardest to be hopeful, and because of that, they're easily misled and misinformed. It's infuriating. It's exhausting. And I still can't bring myself to hate Auntie Tina, because I, I think I partially understand.